This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Larry Hardesty, Gordon Damer on ESPN New York Tonight, 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Along with a, you know what, Gordon, a rather even-tempered Harvey Cruz tonight, considering what's going on with his Devils and Julian Krisnick as well. We're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon. Larry, what's going on? I, I, I have to assume that you are not so even-handed right now, considering the state of your New York Mets. You know, your tone has changed after two wins. No, 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 no. <laughs> Trust me, I'm still in misery. You hear I'm him, still in misery. Started out with me. Firing off. Firing. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just, I'm just, this is just hey, Gordon, me making listen. small talk. This is just me. Hey, Gordon, got to be honest with you? I yeah. didn't even thought about the Mets. I've been involved with the Knicks. Yeah. I, I just, and thankfully, because you're right, I am a little concerned. They've lost eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. Max Scherzer looked like he was pitching batting practice today. And against a Detroit Tigers team that's not exactly going to be confused with the Houston Astros. And... Guess what? I get to watch Verlander tomorrow, and I have no idea what to expect from him. In, in a bullpen that has been just brutal and because they've been on the mound pitching six, seven innings a night, and guess what? They got to go six, seven innings tomorrow too because Verlander's got no where, – Where's Verlander, how long is Verlander going to pitch? Three innings, four, maybe? Yeah, you would, oh, not, you would not expect to see him in the sixth inning, that's for sure. No. So. no. No, no. Uh, the the baseball story has been uh, has really offset, uh, I guess, a little bit of the of the winter sports story. You know, a lot of excitement for the Rangers going into the playoffs. The Devils, clearly, the Knicks. Uh, the baseball story, not quite that optimistic, but Mm-mm. at least we still have the Knicks. Yes, we do. And the, the the best thing about baseball, Gordon, is it's early. It's early. It is early. It's early. It's it's May now. Am I still a little concerned? Yeah, because this team is hitting inconsistently and we've chronicled the pitching and hopefully, look, here's what here's what I have to tell myself about Scherzer today. He hasn't pitched for two weeks. His velocity was down. It so, was. So that's not good. No. Eventually, his age is going to catch up with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I listen, yes, there's, yes, there's Tom Brady – Yes, there's Max Scherzer. Yes, there's uh, uh, Justin Verlander. But there's also. You hope Justin Verlander, right? (laughs) You hope. You hope. You know, and then there's also Old Man Career. And he's undefeated. Yeah. He's undefeated. Absolutely. It's going to come at some point. Exactly. It's going to come at some point. There's no question about that. You just hope it's not right now because uh, you, you, you need him to start pitching like Max Scherzer. And it's been a very uneven year for him. And you're right. He did not look. Oh, he, looked he was he was serving it up today. I, I, I think that you know, I was waiting for him to come off the mound after certain innings and walk over to the umpire to get checked. And then for this, you know what? You're good. We're, we're fine. <laughs> it's, it's clear you're not using anything today. You can't today. be using anything. No, and if it is, clearly. we don't want to know what it is. Yeah. Because it's no. not working. We don't worry it was, about it. It was not working. And, and you take a look at this. The, the lineup that he was getting knocked around by. I mean, they are te- they're a terrible offensive team. Awful. Terrible. Oh, I mean, they're, they're one of the worst offensive teams in baseball with a lot of names that you're like, who? Yes. <laughs> but um, and they yeah, ended up the not, Mets for not a good team. 14 runs. 14 mm-hmm. runs today, Gordon. 
and and they they offset that in the Scherzer game by going 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position. So not not the kind of performance you want right now, and, and have lost eight of ten. So kind of like the Yankees, kind of floating around 500 right now. So the, the good thing for them is they're in a in a division where they're not going to be in last place because you have the the Nationals who are as bad as they are, and, and the Phillies. Well, you know what? The Phillies are right behind the Mets. I, <laughs> I take that back. You have the That's Nationals. Right. That's what you got. That's um, it. So they got to start picking things up because. You know the team atop you. They're yes, not. I do. They're not. Uh, they're not going to cool off. They never cool off. Usually, no. they. This is the time of the year where they're cooled off. And they're firing on all cylinders. They're yeah, rolling. They're, they're, they're rolling right now. They're ro- and the, and in the first game, Gordon, which the Mets actually had a lead in, mm-hmm. Adam Adovino had a flashback. He thought he was with the Cubs and the Yankees again. Yeah, that was not what you were looking for, no. especially after you get the big Lindor home run. You figure, all right, you know what? Uh, it's not <laughs> been great. It's not been what you want, but it is early in the season, and eventually the the the, the bats are going to show up, and you get the five four lead. You figure, all right, well, it's the, it's the Tigers. Come on, we mm-hmm. we got to be able to get this one, but it didn't work out that way. The Marlins are as bad as we are right now. Going, we got the same record. Yeah. <laughs> the same record as the Marlins. It's unbelievable. It's, it's but once again. 16 to 15, and I don't know how bad. Once again, I've been so involved with the Knicks. I've just been glancing at the Mets. I don't know how this happened. I mean, it started on the West Coast, and and they haven't really had their head up again. Just recovered. They, they've still struggled. And and look, I understand the rotation has really been an issue there because of all the injury. But what's the excuse for the offense? The offense has not been good. No. And um, and you and you look at the name, you know, like the Yankees, you get to five in the order and you realize why they stink because they don't have major league players. <laughs> the Mets do have, you know, McNeil is hitting sixth. Canna is a professional hitter. Beatty, it looks like, is going to be okay at uh-huh. some point. Um, it, it's strange that they are not more consistent. No, it, it is strange. And a couple of days ago, I ran over this stat, Gordon, and, and I'm, it's a, probably a little better now, but Pete Alonzo. Right, responsible for thirty-eight percent of the Mets' home runs this season. Mm-hmm. One guy, thirty-eight percent. At that time, I think just a couple of couple of days ago, it was the highest in baseball. When Pete hits home runs, the team is seven and two. Right at that time, mm-hmm. when he doesn't, they're seven and nine. Yeah, well, I mean, I've said for there's weeks no now. There's no, there, pow- there, there's no power. No, there's no power behind him. Why would you ever pitch to him? Exactly. And, and it Lindor's seems like people are best. starting to catch up on that because he's not had a home run here in a little while. Who knows? Maybe right. he'll get hot again. But, yeah, there's no re- – I mean, again, you, they do have professional hitters behind him, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to let him beat me. I'll let the McNeils and the Cannas and, and whoever else is hitting at the bottom of the order, Brett Beatty, I'll let them yeah. guys beat me. But, see, yeah. the Mets fix is easy. You got to mm-hmm. go get another power bat. That should be easy to find, and when when you're spending as much money as the Mets are spending, that shouldn't be that difficult. The Yankee problems are far more substantial. Do you realize, Gordon, the Mets swept in a doubleheader for the first time since September 26, twenty twenty. That's twenty five straight doubleheaders they had not been swept in. Yeah, they always seem to do well in doubleheaders. I know, I know. Not they today. normally split them or they mm-hmm. sweep them. You know, um, you know what? Let's hear a little bit from Buck Walter. I want to hear from him right now. I, I see what he's got. Normally, he's a guy that kind of, he, he, you know, he, he has the way where he kind of answers your questions and then jokes and moves on to something else. Mm. Not <laughs> so sure if see. he's in a joking mood today, though. I don't think so, because I saw him rubbing his lip as if it was trying to come off. 
in the, in the in the dugout today. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see what he had to say about Max Scherzer's outing. You know, he's been 13 days without pitching. You know, to get you know, I was trying to get him to 80 pitches just to try to keep building him up. But uh, this is something you know you kind of got to go through. We're hoping for a little better results. I know he was, but you know we didn't score. We scored one run. Even at five, we felt like we would make a run at him, but we didn't. But uh, no, Max will get better. All right, uh, Skip. When the ace of the staff struggles, does it really knock the sales out of the team? Oh, you know, everybody's a human being, Tim. You know, it's, I mean, it's its normal feeling, but, uh, you know, we've had that happen before. That's why we play the games. Nothing does it may appear on paper. We knew that it was going to be a challenge for him that long a layoff. I'm not going to get into debating about the layoff and whether this and why it happened. We, we've turned the page on that. Now we got to get moving forward in, uh, all our, with all our pitchers. You know, we got to make some moves tonight to, uh, obviously, Budo's going back. He did a nice job for us. I thought it was cool to see Muck and Hearn. You knew what that moment meant to him. He got a big double play ball and pitched to some needed innings for us. Makes our bullpen stronger as we go forward because, you know, we came out of this in pretty good shape. You know, the front office did a good job of equipping us to handle the 18 innings we had tonight. All right, so, Buck, did you see anything from Max that was off to you? Oh, j- just command. Command a little bit. But, uh, you know, that happens with a lot of pitchers. Same thing with uh, with Casey. So, uh, no, his uh, – I think he'll get better each time out. The sabermetricians will love this question, Gordon. Uh, Buck Showalter was asked about Scherzer's spin rates. They're decreasing, so is that cause for concern? I don't, I'd, I'd have to look at that because I was told they weren't. So I don't know. I'm not saying you're right or wrong. I just, you always look at pitchers after every outing to see for other things. I mean, I know what you're saying, but you know, I, I didn't see that. I'm not saying, Mike, you're right or wrong. I'm just uh, concerned about, you know, Max is, has a good enough repertoire when he has command of his pitch. Once he gets built up a little bit in the process, I think he'll find, find his step. Gordon, uh, for me, and I am not a magician or a sabermetrician, if the if the velocity is down, I think the spin rate is down too. Yeah, and maybe it was um, because of the issue that he had last time. Maybe he was erroring on the side of, of not having any rosin or, or, or certainly less than he had last time because of the, the issue that he had when and getting the suspension. So if you, if you don't have as good a feel for the ball and you're not throwing it as hard, <laughs> I would think – that uh, would probably result in the spin rate being down. Yeah, no question about it. 1-800-919-3776. When we return, we'll continue our baseball conversation. We haven't had a chance to do that in a little bit. Gordon, um, Brian Kassman spoke today. That's how you know it's bad. (laughs) We'll share a couple of things he had to say that might make Gordon do an impersonation of Linda Blair in the 1970s movie (laughs) The Exorcist. That's next on 9870 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Don't give up on us. That's all I can tell you. Don't count us out. Don't give up on us. We got a good group of people, player-wise, staff-wise, support staff-wise. It's a championship caliber operation from that perspective. But we're not currently flying at the level that you know we would have expected because we're missing some really important pieces, which I think anybody would acknowledge. But in the meantime, it's also part of it, and you got to withstand it. So we got to find a way to continue to tread some water at the very least and not slide too far out of it while we're waiting on some important pieces to come back. A couple of other spots. It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Well, Gordon, what do you think as your general manager spoke today? Well, it tells you that, it, that it's really bad. 
that it's it's bad and it's not getting it's not getting fixed anytime soon. And here's the thing, like there there's been this attempt to kind of hijack the narrative that the reason that the Yankees are in the position that they're in is because of the injuries or that they're in the position that they're in because guys are underperforming. They're in the position that they're in is because they put together a bad team mm-hmm. and they relied on players who have a history of injury. Now, the judge injury, which is devastating, if however long he's out, that's a huge loss, as big a loss as any team can have. That one is, a, is, is one you can't, there's nothing you can do about that one, right? He's sliding right. into a base, he gets hurt, okay. But the Yankees rely on perennially hurt players. So you don't get a pass when those guys get hurt again. Going out and, and bringing in Carlos Rodon, when he was coming off career highs in, in every major pitching category in a contract year, you don't get a pass if that guy is nowhere close to taking the mound anytime soon. The other part of it is we all knew after last year, we all knew during last year and certainly when last year ended, the Yankees' major problem was the offense, Larry. Yep. What did they do to fix the offense? Nothing. Nothing. Not a single thing. So the Yankees are not in the position that they're in because, guys, I would ask Brian Cashman, who do you think is underperforming? Mm. I, I'd like to know. Who do you think is underperforming? Because I'll tell you right now, it's, it's kind of hard for me to see. You know, Rizzo's doing what Rizzo does. Glaber has done kind of what you expect. Volpe has been as, as about as good as you can expect a rookie to be. LeMayhew has been nice. Judge, when he's in there, all right, maybe he's slumping a little bit so far this year, but he's been, you know, pretty much close to, to the numbers. Who are the guys now that you're saying are underperforming? Oswaldo Cabrera? Jose Trevino? IKF? Aaron Hicks? Willie Calhoun? Who are these guys that are underperforming? They're bad baseball players, and that's exactly what they've given you. Yeah. Uh, Cashman was asked, is there a move you could have made that you didn't make? I don't think there's anything that was on the table that I could have pulled down that would make a difference. No. So, but in terms of you know comments you know that you're talking about with Hal on uh, we're not done. I think we're certainly exploring a lot of efforts with our you know if you look at our roster we're deep on the infield side, and so we're obviously pursuing opportunities from trading from area strength. But if we got the right value, if we didn't get the right value, they wouldn't make sense. So, no, I don't see any missed opportunities with, obviously, everything that was in play. I mean, it's it's patently – it doesn't pass the smell test. You're spending 200 – what is it, $70 million on a roster? Mm-hmm. You're spending almost $300 million on a roster. And on a regular basis, you are starting uh, a, a converted shortstop mm-hmm. in either mm-hmm. left field or center field. You're starting a left fielder in Aaron Hicks who can't hit anymore. You're starting guys who do not belong on a major league roster, and if they do, it's that like they're bench pieces that should not be playing all that regularly, and you're relying on them regularly, partly because of injury. But left field was always going to be kind of a mess. Yeah. Yep. And clearly, not up to uh, the Yankee standards. This roster is not up to the. This talent is not up to the Yankee standards. It's just not. Well, unfortunately, the Yankee standards, Larry, I have to admit, they're kind of slumping. They're, yeah, they're like the team. The they, those, those have dropped off quite a bit. Yeah. All and right. the idea, there's not, there wasn't another move you could have made 
if you're being honest. There's no, there's no, there's nothing that could have been done to avoid the situation that you're in. That I feel that that seems kind of hard to believe. I know it really does. It really does. I mean, there had to be something. There had to be something you could have done that would have been an upgrade over which. Because Gordon, you knew going into the season you needed a left fielder. You yeah. knew that all off season. Yeah. You knew it last season you needed mm-hmm. an, a left fielder. Right. You needed a left fielder. You needed a left fielder before you got Benintendi, and after Benintendi got hurt, you really needed a left fielder. <laughs> yeah. I, so I would just ask Brian Cashman, who who is this guy that who are the guys that are slumping so much? Who who are the guys that are underperforming so much that that you think that that's the reason why you're, you know, finding yourself in last place? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Uh, Gordon uh, Brian Cashman was also asked, when you sign players, is injury history taking into account? Always worry about that. No doubt about it. Every move we make is intended to help us. Uh, every decision we make out of the draft, every decision we make on the international signings, every decision we make on the major and minor league free agent signings, and all the trade discussions. They're all, every individual one is intended to try to help us and make us better in the short or long term. And that will never change. In some windows of time, that body of work looks better than others. And for the successes, you know, focus on that. For the failures, certainly the ones that haven't worked out, you know, it's my responsibility and I take full accountability for those and understand the slings and arrows that come with it. The slings and arrows are justified. Yes, absolutely. I, I, li- I like that's another one. Like, oh, well, you know, I just there's a lot of criticism with this job. Well, you know, sometimes the criticism is, is very much warranted. And this year it's warranted. Yeah. The proof is on the field. Mm-hmm. And once again, you signed a pitcher that you knew had a history of injury. And this is what you did last year, too. You brought in the pitcher who you thought was supposed to be your number two or three, and he still hasn't taken the mound for you this season. No. And I again, don't know if he ever will. I, I mean, I, how can you make the argument that injury history is a major concern for you when you traded for a guy last year, two guys last year, yep. who were hurt when you traded for them? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Bader was in a walking boot when they traded for him. Yep. And and Montas, it, it seemed oh. like an open city. It seemed like the only people who didn't realize he was hurt when the Yankees got him were the Yankees. Yeah. Well, you had to do was look at his record. Watch him yeah. pitch. He couldn't have been that bad. <laughs> and not be healthy. He couldn't have been that bad. Uh, it's, it's rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have more from Brian Cashman. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, this is going to be good. The one we'll share with you is... He reacts to how Steinbrenner's comment that the Yankees aren't done. We'll share that with you when we return. Plus, we got some folks on the phone that want to talk, and the Jets have gone shopping, Gordon, in uh, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. They've got some new people for him as well. So we have lots to do in this edition of ESPN New York tonight when we rejoin you next on 98.7 ESPN in New York. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Going before I make you uh, throw your headsets against the wall when you hear Brian Cashman, let's take mm. some phone calls. one 800 Joe's in the car. Joe, talk to us. Hey, good night, uh, Larry. Good night, Gordon. So I have a question and an idea that I want to hear about, uh, hear your opinion on it. The question is, if the if Aaron Rodgers and the Jets get to the Super Bowl and does not win the Super Bowl, Derek Carr gets the Saints to the playoffs. Did the Jets give up too much in the trade for Rodgers? And the idea that I want to hear your opinion on 
if the Knicks make it all the way to the finals and win, Julius Randle is finals MVP. Is it a crazy idea to immediately, the day after the win, talk to the Mavs about trading Randle with quickly <laughs> and a draft pick for Doncic? Since it seems to be the worst kept secret in the world that Doncic oh is not staying with the Mavs. You guys are great. Thank you for taking my call. Joe, thanks for making us laugh. That's a yeah, good one. I needed that. I needed that. That's Trust a me. good one. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, Gordon, you take that one first. Uh, the <laughs> Nick one? Yeah. yeah, I don't think the Nick one's going to happen. I don't think no, the Knicks are going to win so. a championship. I don't think that they're no. going to trade Julius Randle to the no. Mavericks. And if they did win a championship, why would you ever be looking to tear down the team as a result of that? So that's not going to happen. Uh, if the Jets get to the Super Bowl. That's it. Yeah. That's it, man. Yeah. That's, that's, what, that's, that's the goal. Yeah. Now, you, you have to win the Super Bowl. Uh, if you lose the Super Bowl, it's sometimes it's, it almost feels like it's better not to get there at all. But when you're the mm-hmm. Jets and you haven't been there as long as you have, I mean, you, you, yeah. you would sign for that, especially with the feeling like if you got to the Super Bowl, you would more than likely get a second year for Rodgers exactly. as a Jet. Exactly. So it will, there will be no price tag. Think about all the draft picks that the Jets have made since mm-hmm. the last time they got to oh a Super God. Bowl. Think about all the time since they quarterback were in, alone. in a playoff game. At quarterback alone, yeah, all the draft yeah, picks they yeah. wasted. So no, that that would uh, that would be fine. I agree with Gordon, but I'll say this: it depends on what happens in that Super Bowl. Now, if you get blown out, Gordon, and it's not close, uh, you, you you know I don't know if he comes back. Yeah, you know I, mean? I mean that one's such a hypothetical. I would think that if yeah. you have a really good year, you should be good. You should be good for a you second year, and then you get another yeah. shot at it. And and if you get to a Super Bowl and lose, the the pick would be thirty first. Yeah, so exactly. I think you'd sign for that. Yeah, no, no question about it. No question about it. And uh, no, if anything, Gordon, the way that this Nick team has performed, I think that they would be looking to add a person to go along with Randall and Brunson at this yeah. point. Yeah, they're not. They're not going to. They. They don't want to. Despite what. Despite what many folks are thinking, they're not trying to remove Julius Randall from the equation. They want to add somebody else to the equation so that they have a another big three type situation. So, no, Randall's not going anywhere. Sorry. For Nick fans, you got to get it through your head. The Knicks are not trading Randall to trade Randall. No. Now if now if Randall plays at a level where he is a desired commodity where other teams are calling and he is he's raised his game so that he is seen as as kind of a, a somewhat franchise type player, I guess maybe then, mm-hmm. but that I don't think that's happening anytime soon. No, I don't think so either. Eli's in Washingtonville. Oh, great. He's next on 98.7. What's Here's up, somebody e? to spread some joy and optimism around? <laughs> <laughs> this is Gordon. I don't, I don't get it. Like, you preach the same thing over the air that I've been saying for years. Right. You know, Brian Cashman is one of the worst GMs in baseball history. Like, when you have owners that give you so much resources, a winning season should be the basement, not the ceiling. And that's that's what's wrong with the Yankees now. That this guy, and I don't blame Brian Cashman, you know, because the dude, in his head, I bet you he thinks he's a good GM. I blame Steinbrenner's. That there is no accountability for this guy's actions. He talks about, oh, um, 
You know, I take into consideration uh, injuries. Do I have to remind you guys of Jacoby Ellsbury? Mm-hmm. Did the guy play one year and the rest of the time was hurt? And then even when you go to the business side of things, when has the Yankees, the only two players that the Yankees have given, you know, a, a rookie a contract extension was to Aaron Hicks and, and Severino. And the guy that you should have taken a chance on extending his contract and avoiding arbitration was Aaron Judge. And then you cost the Yankees even more millions of dollars when you try to shortchange them, change them. I'm telling you, this guy is a terrible GM, and the Yankees are going to suffer for a long time unless they, by some chance, take him and, and bring him up to the, the higher office or another position. Because this guy obviously takes the media and gives us a lot of fluff and thinks we're stu- and, and thinks the Yankee fans are dumb, and we're going to believe that everything that comes out of his mouth is, is, is truth. And, and as, as a Yankee fan, you know, I'm, listen, I love my team, but this guy, Brian Cashman, I'm telling you, I cannot stand him. Every time he, he, he comes off to speak, it's like nonsense. I will say this, Eli, and you. thanks for the phone call. I will say this. And, Gordon, having covered the Yankees with Cashman there and, and the teams that he's had, I've always felt that Yankee fans, he was in a position of whatever he did, he should have done, and, and how could he be – you know, he was in like a no-win situation. Right. But, Gordon, over these past three years, I mean, you have to just look at the team. And, mm-hmm. and really, he's not done a good job. He just hasn't. No, he has not. He just has not. No, and, absolutely. And aside from injuries, look, injuries can happen. I – in theory, on paper, when when they signed Severino, Gordon, it wasn't a bad idea. No, no, it wasn't Lock a bad up idea. your pitcher for four mm-hmm. years, you mm-hmm. know, you got arms. That's the most expensive investment you're going to make in the major leagues is a free agent pitcher. We got a guy here. Let's lock him up for four years. The injuries, who knew? Okay, that should – so that I can't kill him on. That just happened. But seven years for Aaron Hicks. I mean, come on. Yeah, Aaron Hicks was struggling before you even gave him that contract. Yeah, he, had he didn't one deserve year. a seven-year deal. No, and he's Off always been hurt, and he hasn't been able to hit in five years now. He still has, I think, two or three years left on that deal. Uh, I, I mean, the thing about the Hicks deal, he's only making $10 million, which really is not that much in Major League Baseball. But you realize how bad you have to be to make a $10 million a year. Con- you know, usually you talk about the worst contracts. This guy's making $20 million, yeah. $25. He's only making ten. And it's, he's giving you absolutely nothing. nothing. Now, see, the problem with Eli, and he, right now he's right. He, Brian Cashman has done a terrible job. And I would say I don't know if any other general manager in this town could survive Mm-mm. the last year and a half. That Brian, Ca- I mean, it's been that bad. Everything he has touched has turned to garbage. Yeah. But the problem with Eli is he would have been saying the same thing in 2017. Mm-hmm. He would have been saying the same thing in 2018 or 2019. Right. To me, it, it really it kind of it kind of goes back to last year, um, and the, the the move that they made to get Donaldson and IKF. Uh, yeah. I think you're still feeling the the ramifications of that. Um, that was a terrible move. All the moves that they made at the trade deadline, the the Joey Gallo move when they made that move, yeah. that was a bad move. Yeah. Um, it, it really kind of spirals here. The last couple of years, he has done a terrible job, and this off season was another terrible job so it kind of feels like the door is kind of closing on this yankee run 
mm-hmm. you know, that kind of opened with the, 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 the sell-off in 2016 and the quick turnaround and getting to within yeah. a game of the World Series. And, and Brian Cashman can tell you anything he wants. He can, he can spin a tail. He knows how to use the media. That's absolutely true. But there's nobody anywhere in the Yankee organization that when the Yankees lost in the ALCS in 2017, came within the one game of going to the World Series that year, that nobody saw coming, that we would be sitting here six years later without a World Series win, a World Series appearance, and anybody would have thought that that would have been considered successful. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And went out and spent close to $400 million for an ace that, that, that you needed. And it still hasn't helped you get there because yeah. it's not just that. It's, it's other things. And, see, that's what – and I don't have to tell you, Gordon, but that's what the Yankees used to do. It was getting those bench players who were, like, really good, mm-hmm. who would normally start on other teams, but because the Yankees' starting lineup was so good, they were reserves. So when you had injuries, Gordon, you got Cecil Fielder off the bench. You got Daryl Strawberry off the bench. Oh. Yeah, they were they were uh, older. They mm-hmm. were older. But listen, for a week, they could carry you for a week. They wouldn't kill you for a couple of weeks. And if and if and if Strawberry stopped hitting, Fielder would hit. You know? And so that so that quality, the Yankees haven't done that in so long. That's the issue. And cl- like you said, in 2017, we're talking about the new AIDS, baby bombers. We thought mm-hmm. for the next decade or more, mm-hmm. you're looking at the Yankees doing winning a couple of championships. And it just hasn't turned out that way. And Part of it is bad luck, and part of it is bad management. It just is. The last year and a half, it's really kind of hard to defend the moves that have been made. It's true. I, I mean, it, it's 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 nearly impossible. The 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 Donaldson move was a bad move when they made it. Um, it has only looked worse in time. The Gallo move that was one that never worked. Uh, he, he he was a shell of himself, and now that he's out of here. Uh, he he looks like a productive player again. There's a lot of that now going on. Yeah, it is. You know, a lot of the guys the Yankees had that, that did nothing here, and that's part of the trade. That's part of evaluating the trade. Who's going to work here? Who's not going to work here? Sonny Gray didn't work here. He's left. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. he looks okay again. Yeah. Uh, Gallo's the same kind of story there. So there's been a lot of misses here the last year and a half, and it's kind of why the Yankees – it's not just this past offseason. It was last offseason as well. And one, one other thing while we're killing Cashman. I understand that you needed to get Gary Sanchez out of here, but Gordon, you didn't have to give him the arbitration. Oh. You should have dropped him then. You ended yep. up getting rid of him anyway. You should have dropped him then. And I f- it feels like with the, with Cashman, there's this stubbornness that he, I, I don't know, maybe he doesn't have to answer to anybody within the organization. So when he has to answer to people without outside the organization, he feels like he can just be stubborn and, and get the point across. Uh, but they were stubborn with, you know, everybody was yelling and screaming about Sanchez's defense. Oh, no, no, you don't, know, you don't realize how good his defense is. You don't realize – his pitch framing, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That was another one. And, and, and it really – it just it, – it, it, it almost gets to the situation where, like, who are you going to believe, us or your lying eyes? And, and yeah. I think people are now more and more realizing I'm going to trust my lying eyes rather than what the Yankees tell me. No question about it as we watch Gary Sanchez not run but jog to the backstop. After the ball got by him again. Not run, Gordon, jog to the backstop because his pitch framing was so good. Mm. And then we hear A-Rod defending him, say, well, if they didn't let him stick his leg out, 
you know, to get down, if he was on his balance, he'd be able to, to you know, stop the do a better job of trying to stop the pitches. Well, they, they wanted him because they thought the pitch framing was more important, A, and B, they figured if he was lower, he the ball wouldn't go between his legs. <laughs> That's what they thought. Just didn't work out. Nope. 1-800-919-3776. All right, I'll get off Gordon's Yankees for a second. Let's t- uh, Gordon, it was it was uh, Baggy Day and Meet the Media Day for yeah. the Rangers. Very interesting. Uh, we'll hear from the current Rangers head coach on whether he's going to remain in that position. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Disappointed, you know. I mean, thought we should have won the series overall. We had a great start to the series. We were prepared and did a real good things. And then at the end of the day, we lost in seven games. So disappointed. Every player was disappointed, you know. But, again, we lost to a real good hockey team that played well. And I think you've seen it. Uh, you know, Boston was a pretty good team. They lost. Colorado's a pretty good team. They lost. So it happens. So disappointed. Sure. We have should have won, in my opinion, yes, but it didn't happen. Gerard Gallant, Gordon Damer, meeting the media today on the Game 7 loss to Harvey Cruz's New Jersey Devils here on 98.7 ESPN. And, look, anything can go, and he's right. People thought that Boston was going to just breeze through the state, like the cup was just sitting in the Boston Garden waiting. <laughs> and a funny thing happened on the way to the Stanley Cup for them. They got eliminated. But even the, and I didn't watch that series a lot, Gordon. So I'm just going to speak on how I saw the Rangers. When you look at how the Rangers started out that series, I mean, you had no idea that this series was going to end up them losing in the game seven. If they the way they started out, they looked, they just looked outmatched in, in after the first two games. They, they just didn't look like the same team. It, they looked like it was going to be a walk in the park for the Rangers. And it clearly turned out to be that they got jumped in the park. Uh, that was not a walk in the park. Uh, so, and this is the—it's not just the first time this has happened. This is the second time this happened. And and you have to wonder, uh, you know, Gerard Gallant clearly it seems like is feeling a little bit of of heat. Maybe maybe he's hearing the the rumors. Maybe he's hearing the talk that he wants to kind of defend his record. But sometimes teams that are built to win don't win, and you have to go out and get that. You know, a certain coach can get you to a certain level. Mm-hmm. And while they've had good regular seasons here under Gallant, clearly, maybe there's something. You know, I'm not the hockey guy, so I don't mm-hmm. know, but that would not be all that unusual for the team that disappoints in the, in the postseason, which is really what everything gets judged by. Who cares about the regular season? It's the postseason, especially in hockey and basketball, because those those postseasons are so long and so many teams make it that they have not lived up to what the expectation was. And it's not the expectation of the fans. I think it's the expectation of the front office because they're the ones that geared up thinking this was going to be a super, uh, this is going to be a, a Stanley Cup type team this year. They went out and they made deals to get to the Stanley Cup. Okay, Patrick Kane was brought here to get to the Stanley Cup Finals and win a cup, and that did not happen. And for you to go out in the first round in that scenario, Gordon, we say it all the time, I'm not saying he deserves to be fired. I am not. I'm not saying that. I mean, the fact that they've they've been pretty – they had a nice deep run last season, okay? But somebody's got to pay for this. It happens. Somebody's got to pay. I'm sure there will be different players here next season. I don't doubt that. And you might have to have a coaching change. And Gallant talks about rumors of that possibility. 
I got no reason to think anything besides what people put out there. Like, I mean, I read the same thing you guys. I see the same posts and all that. But nobody from this organization told me anything. I'm coming in here. What I think was two excellent years. We had one bad week. Man, it cost us. So if I can't uh, stand by my record, what I've done, I think there's something wrong. I think it's pretty good. And not just the record here, the record moving forward. But we're in New York, and that's what things, you know, people put things out there, and that's fine. I'll get over it. Yeah. See, I think that's completely unfair because it's not a, it's not the residue of New York. If you had that kind of regular season anywhere and flamed out after winning the first two games of a playoff series for a second year in a row and lost that series, I think that no matter where you were, your job would be in question. And that's all it is right now. He hasn't mm-hmm. been fired. No, no. Now, the question I would have is, is there a candidate that's available that is clearly better? I know Don mm-hmm. was talking about a good conversation today on the K-Show about this. He had mentioned Joel Quinville, who comes with some, some baggage after his time earlier in his career with everything that went down um, in uh, was it Chicago. Um, but is that the kind of move that the Rangers are going to make? Is there a clear-cut answer that says, you know what, this is the guy you got to go get? Is Barry Trotz that guy? I know they were talking about that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's got to be that candidate that you can say, this is a clear upgrade before you can say we're going to get. Ri-. I don't think you just get rid of the coach just to get rid of the coach. I agree. I agree. Uh, Patrick Kane, you want to come back to the Rangers? Of course, I would love to be back. I feel like if I can feel better and you know with this team and with this opportunity, I would love to, love that chance. I know they have you know young guys to sign and uh, probably other priorities, but I don't have a bad thing to say about the organization or the situation. I thought it was it was an, uh, an amazing experience for me, and I know like turn 35 next year but it's not like I feel old you know it's like uh, you know I still feel pretty young I feel like the passion is still there like I still know that I can be a top player if my focus is like solely on hockey instead of like how I feel that day right all right so in other words if the hip was healthy you could have been a better player we're going to have to, you know, find a way to get me back to as close as 100% as possible because, you know, I think there's, you know, even me personally, like I, I look at that series and I know if like I felt a little bit better, I can like, I can help us win that series, you know? So it's, it's a little like almost like disappointing and, and depressing in a way, but that's just kind of how I feel about it. Wow. Injured player out there, Gordon. So here, here's, here's the question. If he was that, if he wasn't hurt, he was injured. And if he was injured, why is he on the ice? Well, it's hockey, right? Yeah. It does kind of sound like an excuse, though, after the fact. I, I, I mean, hear. I mean, you're, you're playing a team that you know is faster, mm-hmm. and you have a guy out there whose hip is bothering him, and is going to, you know, come, you know, make him even. Not saying he's a speed merchant, okay, but now he's even slower than normal. I mean, it just it, it makes you wonder. <laughs> it just does. Yeah, it, it, unfortunately, it, it's always going to sound like excuses. Absolutely. After the fact. Absolutely. It does. Jacob Truba, hey, does this team need to get faster? But every team in the league could say they could get faster. Teams are built differently. I don't think we're, uh, we have some guys that, that are fast, but I don't think we're an overly fast team. Like, that's not what our game's predicated on, but I mean, that's not uh, my decision to, to make the, the construction of what we need, what we don't need. Every team would like to be faster, I would say. It's going to be interesting offseason for the Rangers, Gordon. There's no question, because you know there's going to be changes. Look, there's changes anyway, but especially here, uh, what are they going to do? Because they have to look and see the fact that, oh, by the way, 
1994 was a while away. <laughs> yeah. They haven't had a cup of the while. Right. Mm-hmm. And and it's one thing to be just a bad organization that never gets a sniff. The Rangers have gotten some sniffs and, yeah. and have kind of been torn down and rebuilt and right. thought that this was going to be the year where there was going to be this deep run, and it never got off the ground. So usually there's somebody, is, as you said, somebody's going to take the fall for that. Now, it seems like their roster, they're going to have enough uh, – there's enough moving parts there that they can make some changes – so that they can at least present the fact that they've switched things up without maybe changing the head coach. But when the front office is making moves mm-hmm. to, to gear up for a cup run and you're out in the first round, uh, again, I'm not the hockey guy, but I would think generally the coach is the one that gets hit for that. Somebody's got to pay. Somebody they normally has. do. Yep. They normally do. When we return, we'll go to the ballparks with the locals. We're here for, and we'll have, for the first time in a while, answers with Aaron. Oh, God. Uh, we'll, we'll take care of you, Gordon. All right. We'll, we'll, All we'll right. take care of you. We got to we'll win good. tonight, Larry. It's two in a row. We're rolling. That's what I'm saying. So, oh, absolutely. I can't wait for that Willie Calhoun contract extension. I wish I could say we won two in a row. <laughs> we'll continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN. Answers with Aaron. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Time to head out to the ballparks for the local teams on ESPN New York tonight. We'll be giving an opportunity to hear from the skippers and the players. We begin in the Motor City, where the Mets lost in straight sets, 6-5 and 8-1. <laughs> Doubleheader. Max Scherzer will focus on in the nightcap because that's what everybody was waiting for. How would he return from his suspension? The line on Scherzer, three and the third innings, eight hits, six runs, all earned, three strikeouts, 75 pitches, 53 for strikes. Uh, and uh, a couple of home runs, Gordon Damer, for, <laughs> for Mr. Scherzer today. So afterwards, he was asked very simply, what went wrong? Just didn't do a good job of locating. Didn't, you know, kind of was spraying the ball in the first, and I didn't pitch well out of the stretch. And that's kind of symptomatic of when you have a long layoff, and, you know, that's kind of one of the first things to go is pitching out of stretch. So, you know, I feel like that's where some of the mistakes were, uh, where I got beat. And, you know, that's just the adjustment I got to make. So, Max, how long, did, how did the long layoff affect you? Well, it's just the rhythm. You know, when you pitch out of the stretch, that's the, you know, you, you got to be synced up with everything to be able to be quick to the plate and execute and execute where you want. You know, I felt like when I was uh, quick to the plate, you know, I just flattened out. You know, the ball was running back to the middle part of the plate. So anytime you throw in the middle part of the plate, you get beat. So that's just the way it goes. Gordon, his velocity was down. And you heard us earlier where reporters asked the Bucks show, Walter, if he was concerned about Scherzer's spin rate. So Max was asked, are you worried about your spin rate decreasing? My vela was too. Um, you know, I'm working back, you know, from the injury and you know, not the injury, but you know, from this and trying to navigate, you know, through the lineup and not uh, have that go. So, you know, hopefully I get back in sync with the mechanics and you know I can start, you know, kind of getting through the ball better. You know, not having it. It was down, but not not by a lot. And it's a cold night, so it is what it is. All right, Max. In the perfect world, what would you like your ideal velocity to be around? Another ticket too. You know, I'm going to be sitting sitting 94. You know, that's kind of that's who I've been. To me, that's more of the issue. You know, when I'm averaging 92 and a half, I'm down a tick and a half. You know, you got to figure out what's going on. So to me, that's the bigger issue. 
you know, bigger issue, but getting through this, getting through this start, getting through this and now move forward. So when you watch the highlights tonight, Gordon, there is a question. This is the question that was asked to Matt Scherzer that made him look like both of his eyes were the same color. That's how angry he was. Mm. He was asked, did you use rosin? Of course. To, to what level were you able to use it? I used it. No, no. How am I supposed to answer that? <laughs> <clears throat> you sure you used it? You didn't use it as much as yeah. you used it before. No. There's no question about that. Not with the results. Well, I mean, think about all the questions that, that Garrett Cole had to answer after the whole spider yeah. tech thing. So these questions, yep. especially if he, if he pitches anything like this, these questions are going to come up again. They're not going away. No. Every not until he starts pitching well for a while. And and then they're going to ask him again. Mm-hmm. Gonna, oh, yeah. It'll, it'll, even the, after he pitches well for a little while, it's going to keep up. But, you know, if he, if he gets back to being like Max Scherzer and the Mets start winning games, then it will eventually start to fade. Uh, he got a standing ovation, Gordon, from the Detroit fans, and he was asked, what did it mean? It's cool. Bittersweet. You know, it's tough to, you know, have something feel good when you don't pitch well. So, but very appreciative of the fans here and their support. All right. So the Mets have now dropped 8 of 10, and they put their hopes behind Justin Verlander to try to leave Detroit. Detroit with a win. That's unbelievable. So I got to say, Gordon, it's unbelievable. Yeah, this if this is the way the road trip went. It would when you were out west, that would kind of make a little bit more sense. The fact that you're playing like this against the Tigers, I know. In the words of Joe Girardi, it's not what you want. It is not what you want. Mets have now, as I mentioned, lost eight of ten. They are sixteen and fifteen, five games behind Atlanta, tied in second place or third place, depending on how you feel, with. The Miami Marlins. Ugh. Earlier today, the Yankee general manager spoke. And Hal Steinbrenner made some comments not too long ago, Gordon, saying that we're not done. So Mm. Brian Cashman addresses his boss's comments. Again, it takes two to tango. You engage other clubs. You try to make deals. You don't. Not, you're not going to make a bad deal, for instance. So I think it's comments more like, "Hey, we're not done. We're up. We know where areas we want to get better at, but that doesn't mean that we're going to just do something that that's not going to make any sense." So we had a lot of conversations that uh, you know there was some optimism that if things went out a certain way, but they didn't play out that way. And so I, I can't speak specifically to his comment. I can speak from our area on the baseball ops side that there's some players that other clubs coveted but not enough from our perspective to actually make a move that we were willing to make you know because uh, we felt like we i know right now that we'd be in a worse position if we didn't make those moves because they weren't good deals so i suspect probably those comments were there's some optimism that at some point something else will transfer and we can you know trade from area surplus which would be the infield to, to take care of an area of need somewhere else but it never materialized to a level that we felt that was a worthy move to make then why the hell did he say we're not done <laughs> What are you? What are you talking about? Like, why were you talking about deals were, that were so bad for you for that long? I would think the way it works is if somebody floats a bad deal to you, Larry, give me a bad trade proposal, right? Yes. I think the first thing you would say is, "No, I'm not interested in that." You wouldn't mm-hmm. keep talking about it, right? No, I wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't then float to the media. Oh, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. Nope. And and Brian Cashman saying we're not going to make a bad deal. Uh, dude, take a look at the resume of the last year and a half. <laughs> 
He means a worse deal, not a bad deal, a worse deal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good luck. He could actively try to make a worse deal than the Donaldson deal. I don't know if it's possible. You're right. Well, maybe it's Rodon signing him to, what was it, seven years? What did we end up giving him, five years? I don't even remember. Trying to block it out right now. I think it's five. You'll be lucky if you see him this year. Yeah, it's true. So one more from Cashman. He was asked about pressure. Do you feel pressure to make a move with, you know, the AL being so competitive, especially your division? It's a long season. So you could look back just to last year about, you know, teams that got out of the gate, got up real big, and then things change really quick. Doesn't matter if you have a big lead or if you have a big deficit, you know, that we obviously sit in, what, eight and a half out or something like that right now. And the only pressure I can tell you what we all have is to make sure that, especially with the players that are hurt, that we're going through the careful process of making sure whenever we get them back that they're back to stay and they're back to being in a position to be the elite level players that we expected them to be what we're dealing with here at the major league level which at times has been difficult clearly that cannot impact us rushing somebody at the minor league level to get back here because we're in a desperate mode right now you know fighting for our lives in early may we got to make sure that that doesn't change how we handle Rodon, Sebi, Stanton, Donaldson, you know, all these guys, Canely, et cetera. So, I mean, there's a lot of names, but their stuff has to be taken care of in the proper patient way. And also, we got to hold themselves back from themselves. Like Rodon, he wants to throw right now. And we're holding him back until we, you know, hey, he's going to make sure he sees the doctor. We'll check all the boxes because ultimately all we know is when, whenever we deploy that, we want to make sure it's good to go the rest of the way. And so... You know, Carlos is frustrated. He wants to throw it. Yeah, he wanted to throw it today. We said no. Let's wait and get through tomorrow, and then we'll be in a better position to make sure that we feel enough comfortable. It's more of a precaution. And yeah, we're losing day, but it's the safe way to go. So, okay, uh, if I got it back, I'm not trying to throw. I'm just telling you, <laughs> he's better than me, Gordon. I'm not trying to throw. If I know my back is bothering me, I'm not trying to throw. I can't. I can't amazing the, the language that cashman uses that was not that long ago that he was saying oh we're a fully operational death star that's right now it's a well we're a championship caliber operation mm-hmm. not team no operation, operation. Yeah. not team <laughs> operation being the key word because that's how there's going to be so many guys undergoing operations <laughs> all right this time for answers with aaron all right, we got two layups for you, Gordon. Tonight. All right. Two layups for you. All right, the first one, and I saw, I know you saw the game. So yeah. this is going to be Aaron Boone discussing Harrison Bader's collision. This is So what did he say oh, about man. that collision that uh, I think he's heard again? But, you know, what, what, what do you think he had to say? To give, give me his thought process here. Um. Yeah. It probably he's not going to blame anybody for it. It's just a, a a ball put in a tough spot, and uh, you know, may, I don't even think he'll say that there needs to be better communication out there. Uh, he's not going to criticize uh, IKF for flying in the way he did when he couldn't even catch a routine ball earlier. Um, like, dude, what are you? Like, what are you doing? You know, it's like when we're we're playing the the Lagreca softball game. You know, like if yeah. you mess up one time. You don't need to go all out the next time. Let the let the guy that's playing center field get it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I think he'll say something <laughs> along the lines of it was just a tough play and we're hoping he's not going to be out for very long because we just got him back. Aaron Boone on the Harrison-Bader collision. I, I think Harrison's going to be fine. 
um, you know, they want to make sure with all the tests and um, just make sure he's okay. I was just with him and, you know, he was in really good spirits. So, but obviously not something we want to mess with or make sure he's okay. So he'll run through all the testing and stuff. But um, yeah, I just saw it go up and it's like, oh man, my first, uh, I first looked at Glaber at, at first, I thought maybe he had a bead on it and then I knew he didn't have it. So just hoping, you know, we could run into a great play out there and he just dumped it out there perfectly. I thought and Baylor's like, I'm in good spirits. Thank God I don't have to go out on the field again <laughs> with this team. <laughs> I mean, look, his injury history is the same thing. He's yeah, been hurt a lot. Yeah, absolutely. A ton of injuries, different injuries all the time. Yeah. Talented, can't stay healthy. Yeah, What good is he to you? Yeah, I, exactly. It's, it's not the first guy that that's ever been, right? I mean, there's yeah. plenty of guys who get the, the tag of talented player, just could never stay healthy. The next one for you, Gordon, as we continue to play – Answers with Aaron. It concerns Clay Holmes. Okay. Now, Gordon, Clay Holmes gave up a run again today. Mm -hmm. So Boone was asked if he has any hesitation using the talented reliever. So what do you think the oh, Yankee skipper had to say? No, no shot. No, he's my closer. He's my guy. I'm, he, I'm definitely going to him. I'm not... Um... Uh, anytime I feel it, it wasn't really his fault, the, the, you know, it wasn't like he got knocked around. Uh, so in terms of the question of any hesitation, no chance that he says he has any hesitation. Aaron Boone, you have any, any hesitation using Clay Holmes? No, not hesitation going to him. He's coming in the game against like, that's where we're going, whether it's with two outs there or, or in the next innings zero hesitation going to him. The, the the one hesitation I had was, do I squeeze Marinaccio through one more hitter and then hand it over to Clay in the, I guess that would be the 10th, would have been the 10th. So that was the only calculus was, do I stay a little bit longer with Marinaccio knowing he went yesterday? So that was the only hesitation. And and look, I understand with, with Clay, obviously, you know, there's been, there's been a couple outings. Let's look at some, what's going on a little bit. Like, I mean, the Bermuda Triangle, like that's baseball sometimes. So so obviously we got to get him to where he's the clay we know, but he's a lot closer to that than I think the noise. Very good, Gordon. Yeah, oh, very I mean, good. That, that's a that that was a that was a layup. That was, was. I told that you. was like pitching to Aaron Hicks. I was definitely getting a strikeout there. <laughs> but but it was interesting that he did give him a little criticism there, just a little oh, bit. Oh, ever so ever so slight. You know that you know what that's a lot for Aaron Boone. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Especially after a win, that's a lot. Normally, he's relatively calm and cool. That's our trip to the ballpark. We try to do it every show on ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. When we return, we'll wrap things up. Talk a little Jets, talk a little Knicks, talk a little stuff on 98.7 ESPN. I am too smart. I am too smart. SMRT. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.